there's a tree down. <laughs> That's what happens when you're in a forest. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness. Uh, if you have your Bibles, grab those. Uh, Genesis uh, 2 is where we're going to be this morning. Genesis 2. Um, uh, we will get there here uh, shortly. Before we uh, really kind of get into anything this morning, oh man, I just, I just want to... I just want to reflect for a second. I just want to reflect for a moment just on God's faithfulness, God's goodness. Um, and I just, I, just, I just want to talk to you, gosh, church, talk to you about some things um, that have happened here um, this, this week. Um, so for, for us, we, um, uh, God has put on our heart to um, start an after-school ministry. Um, and so with that, the kind of the, uh, the plan of action was to uh, begin with uh, a summer camp. And um, uh, this was something, I guess, kind of this thought of daycare, after school, summer camp type stuff was something that's probably been on my heart for five or six years. Um, just kind of there stirring and I didn't know what God would want to do with it. I didn't know what, uh, what would happen, what would take place. And so, um, but Tuesday was our first day of having that on campus here in this place. And I think this week we had up to about 13 kids here uh, this week. And so we can clap to God. Hang, hang with me, I'll, I'll, I'll help you this morning. Um, so, uh, so we had 13 kids here, and, and that might not seem like much, but the crazy thing is those 13 kids are going to be accompanied for probably about another 13 next week uh, because a lot of them were on vacation uh, first uh, week of the summer out of school and things like that. And so um, I know that we picked up, what, about five, six kids this week uh, that wanted to come and be a part and parents who came and kind of uh, toured the, the campus here and saw and, and just heard the heart of that ministry. And like I said, we picked up about another five or six to, to get our number uh, of kids that we're going to have the opportunity to minister to, to love on, to share the love of Jesus um, with uh, to about 27 or 28 right now. <laughs> um, and, and we're clapping for guys what we're doing there, so I'll just get us, get us where we need to be. Um, so, and what blows my mind is, is his goodness and his faithfulness in that. So, man... So I just want to just kind of pull back the curtain and share some conversation this week. So there was a dad who dropped off his kid Tuesday here in this place. And it was like really the first time his kid's done something like this. And dropped him off Tuesday morning about 9 o'clock. And I got to talk to him. Picked his kid up about uh, 3, 3.30 uh, that, that day Tuesday. Um, uh, and, and I'm talking to him Wednesday evening as he picks his kid up again. He's like, I just need to tell you something. I said, what's that? And usually like as a pastor, you, you hear stuff when it's not good type stuff. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, help us. There's a director for that. Let me get her. No. Um, he said, no, I, I need to tell you something. I said, what's that? He said, um, so I picked my kid up Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. And we get in the car. And he's like, Dad? Yeah, buddy. He's like, do you think maybe tomorrow you could pick me up around 4.30 or 5 instead of 3? Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> We're catching on. I mean, that's phenomenal. Uh, and then this is, this is what just kind of rubs me. Uh, so, so for me here at the church, Friday and Saturdays are my days off. And so um, Thursday night, we're coming back from dinner. And my wife and I, we've got Bennett. Bennett's my, my middle man. He's five. And um, uh, like, like he, he's like our pistol. You just, you just don't know what you're going to get with Bennett. Um, you laugh because you've been in children's ministry with him. But um, did I hear a yes? <laughs> no. Um, 
but uh, but um, so he's he's our middleman, just kind of our wild card. And so so Meredith was like, hey hey buddy, she's like, um, you don't uh, you can you can hang out with that tomorrow. And his response was, wow. Is that well? Because dad's off, and you don't. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to go to, to after or the summer camp. You can you can hang out at the house with dad and do. Is it, mom? I don't want to. No. And, and I'm like, so you need to tone it down a little bit. You hear? But, but I, I mean, I just, I just, and, and we've heard a couple other stories like that, and and, and I just, man, it's just been phenomenal. And, and I share that because I just, again, I just want to point us and remind us of God's goodness, of God's faithfulness, of his grace, of his mercy. And when we're persistent in the ear of God and he, he presses on us certain things and we continue to go before him over and over and over, when it's, when it's God's idea and it's his plan, he's going to bless it. And he's going to move. And I know last week we were having a conversation and kind of freaking out a little bit of, and who in the heck are we going to get? What's going to happen? How's this going to work? And God has just constantly just been opening those doors and filling, filling it with, with his, his presence and his blessing. And so I'm, I'm just excited about that. Um, and then Saturday morning, and, and I'm, I'm not a yard sale guy, and you probably saw that yesterday, and I'm sorry. I just oh, I cringe at those things. But we had a yard sale here on campus. And that yard sale here on campus, um, man, we, it was flooded the whole time that we, we went from nine to one. I mean, I mean who does that? Oh, um, so from nine to one, I'm still PTSD from it. Nine to, and I didn't even really do a lot, but nine to one here. I mean, people constantly pulling into this place, seeing this place, getting to meet you, our people. And though that they're trying to nickel and dime you to death, um, still the whole point is what is, is conversation, gospel conversation and so the people that got to see us and know us and hear us and see this place and get to know this place all the while making money to help send kids to camp this summer youth kids I mean just a phenomenal week for me just a phenomenal week just to kind of be overcome for a few moments just by by God's goodness his faithfulness his glory meant to see those things and in all of that is possible because of you because you pray because you give because you serve because you seek the Lord because you worship him because you live open-handedly with 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 his stuff and to see that and to be a part of that man it's just has, has blown me away this week and I've gotten lost in that and I love it church I, I don't know it's probably not a good thing to admit I don't, I don't know what God's doing fully but I know he's doing I know he's moving, I know he's working, and the last thing that I want to do or I want us to do is to get in his way. And so I want us to always live that way. I mean, I want us to seek him like crazy, pray like crazy, uh, go after him. I want us to think big. I want us to think, I mean, God-sized stuff. I mean, who, starts, who starts an after-school program that's never done anything like that? Not program, I'm sorry. That, uh, ministry. Who starts an after-school ministry? It's not a program, it's a ministry, dang it. In the middle of a pandemic with no money, only to have God press upon somebody's heart to give money to start us. And we've got two buses out there debt-free. I mean, ah, did you? Yeah. So I'm just, so I'm just, I am dang excited about what God's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to continue to do. Because we're going to continue to press in, we're going to continue to seek, we're going to continue to ask him to move in a mighty, mighty way. So you keep praying, you keep seeking, you jump on board, let's do this thing and see what God does. Because my prayer, my hope is that it doesn't just stop here, but that we get to take over South Carolina, we get to take over the next states, we get to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. That, that's our prayer and our desire here. We're, we're, we're going for something bigger. We're going for the ends of the earth with the gospel to make his glory and his great name known. And we're going to do whatever we got to do to make that happen with his help and his leading. And the only way that that can happen 
is because he does it, not us. So, man, excited. I'm going to ask you if you'd join me as we pray. We'll get to Genesis 2-1 here in a minute, um, and we'll get, we'll get going. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Uh, Jesus, we need you. We pray, God, you just speak this morning in this place. Do a work. God, thank you so much, so, so much for your faithfulness and goodness. God, thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, God, what you're going to do. God, help us to hear from you and follow after you. So, Father, as we open up your word, God, I know that this is going to be a, uh, just a tough little, uh, little time to talk this morning. So, God, I pray that you just start to massage our hearts. God, I pray you start to open us up and help us to hear what you have to say from your word. God, we need you. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I, I knew probably about two months ago that I'd kind of be landing here at this place and kind of getting to open up the scriptures and, and look at this. And so uh, kind of a, a little detour this morning from what we normally do, but I just, just want to open up God's word and just kind of look at it and just share with you, I think, a few things that are very important uh, in our day and age for us as uh, men and women of God, as, as the redeemed uh, people of God, as his bride. And so um, I'm going to talk to you about rest this morning. Uh, the Sabbath is what we're going to talk, talk about here in just a few minutes and kind of set up some things and look at some stuff. Uh, but as I was reading and studying this week, I came across the list um, of seven reasons why we're so busy. So, li- listen to this, seven reasons why we're busy. And, and I just want, uh, my hope this morning is that maybe the Holy Spirit just kind of prick your heart as we look at some of this stuff and maybe kind of convict and draw um, because I just don't believe that we're a people that do good at rest. I just don't believe we're a people that do good at Sabbath, and, and we'll, we'll talk more. Um, but seven reasons why we're so busy. One, uh, busyness, we kind of wear it as a badge of honor and kind of a trendy status symbol. And so in order for like glorification, uh, we just say we're busy. It, it shows how important we are. We just wear it as a badge of honor. Or it shows us our value or it shows us our self-worth, especially in this fast-paced society, does it not? And so I've even caught myself in conversations. Somebody was, well, how you doing? Man, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, who's, who said that this week? Uh-huh. Why? Because you are. I am too. We are. We're busy. And I don't know about you, but for me, God's convicted me of that. Well, why in the heck are you so busy? And I'm not saying that we should be idle and never doing anything. But, but we are as busy as we want to be. That's what I know. I'm as busy as I want to be because what I've learned in my life is that I make time for the things that are most important in my life. And so maybe a better question of, of inward looking is am I prioritizing the things that I need to prioritize and am I, make, am, I, am I saying yes to the right stuff? Because I don't think busyness is a blessing. If anything, I would say it's probably the opposite. Uh, another thing is this, we, we kind of, um, another reason why we're so busy is because we use it as job security, busyness as job security. It's kind of an outward sign of how uh, proactive we are, or our, pro- our productivity is there, or there's this company loyalty. So we use busyness as job security is what this said. I think another reason why we're so busy is this, is because we, uh, busyness is, uh, uh, we use it as a fear of missing out. And so what's happened is we've went from spending on things uh, that we need and have to have to we spend on things just to experience, to do it all. And so what do we do? We just pack our calendars. We fill our calendars full of stuff because it makes us feel better because we don't want to miss out. And because did you see what that family's doing on social media? I'm not going to be un- outdid by them. They got a camper and they went there and they done that. Their dog smiles in the pictures. Honey. We've got to go do more so Rufus will smile in the pictures. I mean, that's just not, that's the world we live in. We, we don't want to miss out. We can't miss the fun and the excitement of, and we've got to 
pack ourselves, our calendars full of stuff. I think another reason why we're so busy is because busyness is just a byproduct of the digital age. Man, our 24-7 connected culture is blurring the lines between life and work. And it's promoting multitasking in a way that we never have to turn off. But like, like, do you know the whole point to technology was to help us clear our schedules? To help us accomplish more at a faster pace so that we could stop? But what has it done? It's been counterintuitive, has it not? Because we're constantly available. Because we're constantly able. Because we never have to disconnect. And I don't believe that that's a good thing. Again, I believe it's counterintuitive. I think another reason why we're so busy is because it's a necessity. I know some have to work multiple jobs, have to make ends meet, caring for children, being at home, all of this. I know that that's a part of it and it's difficult. I think another reason why we're so busy is for escapism. It's kind of this thought of just idleness and slowing down. It just, it causes us to maybe have to look inward or have to answer some tough questions or have to work through some of the difficulties of life, maybe emotional pain or deep questions. And so as a result of not having to deal with that, we've just numbed ourselves with a busy full calendar. We've just crammed and crammed and crammed. And if I don't have to stop, then I don't have to deal with reality. If I don't have to quit and push pause for a moment, then I don't have to answer those tough questions. I don't have to look inward. I don't have to do something with the issue that's at hand. And so my hope this morning is this, is that I want us to take time and I want us to go to God's word and just hear his heart as it pertains to this thought around rest. As it pertains to this thought about Sabbath. And I know the rubs. If you only knew my schedule or if you knew what I have to do, or if you knew how important I am, we'd never say it like that, but that's what we mean. And I do. I do. I get it. I'm in the same boat. I've got a wife. I've got three kids. I've got a job. I've got a, a, a board, a couple boards that I sit on. I've got, I've, yes. I've got things I like. To, I, I get the busyness. I get the craziness. I get the rat race. But I know that there has to be times. Has to be, it has to be times where we disconnect and we rest and we plug in. And so let, let, me, let me try to, try to prove it to you. I know you think I'm crazy right now, 20, 20, 21. Is, no, God, there's no way. But, but look at what God's word says. Genesis 2, 1. Don't, don't believe me, believe him. Genesis 2, uh, 2, 1 says this. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. So what we see, where we're at in the story of creation, God has created and, he's, and, and he created and it was good. Day one, day two, he, he, he finishes. All, all of that is, is, is wrapping up. And on the seventh day, verse 2, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And so this does not mean rest like what we think of rest. Because we know God to be all-powerful. We know that God's all-sustaining. We know that God, God is all. And if, so if, if this shows a moment of weakness in God, okay, well, then he's not God anymore. But that's, that's not the case. That's not what this means here. He, he's not tired or he doesn't need to be refreshed or he doesn't uh, uh, need to, to rest or, or disconnect from that. that. That's not what that means. The word rest here is only in the sense that things were finished. That things were completed and done. 
He's not fatigued in creating the heavens and the earth and creating man. He's not wore out from that. He's not fatigued from any of that, but that he's finished creating. All that he has done and created and made, he declares is very good, and therefore creation is complete. Everything that he needed to create and make and do is done. It is finished. And so the Hebrew word, the original language here, the word for rest in Genesis, Genesis 2 here is also used in the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. Uh, the law right there, that, that's, what, that's what they're talking about, the Old Testament here. And it, used, and it refers to the observance of the Sabbath day. That's what God is connecting here. That's what he's saying. And so an important point about God's rest on the seventh day is that he has only ceased from making new, from creating anew from his creative work of his activity there. That's what he's talking about. Because hear me church, th this is not evidence for us to be deist. That's not, that's not what this is. Deist that, that we don't believe that God steps out of the picture here and at this point uh, he has nothing else to do with creation. Everything's done and they'll just figure it out and they'll work it through and he's just, just like a guy up there with his feet kicked up just watching everything kind of unwind and transpire down on planet earth. Uh, that's not what this is. God is not distant from his creation. We can see that all throughout the scriptures. He's involved in what he's created. Jesus affirms this even, doesn't he? In John 5, 17, when he says that my father is always at work to this very day and I too am working. Jesus affirms that. No, God's working, I'm working, we're in the midst of working. God's working. So let's play for a second, can we? Let's have some just straight talk for a second. I just, I just want to ask you just a list of questions. Just, just to think about this for a moment. And, and just, I, just, I just want to be very upfront with you. So my question would be this. Is there anyone in here planning on worshiping something other than God this week? Okay. Great job last week too by talking about that, these idols. Is anyone in here planning on using God's name in vain anytime soon? Okay, just check him. Is anyone in here planning on not honoring your mother and father? Okay. Anyone in here planning on murdering someone anytime soon? Well, I mean, <laughs> security. We got one in there. It's kind of humorous. It is humorous, isn't it? Not? Anyone in here, this, this, we'll get a little serious here. Anyone in here uh, this morning um, planning on committing adultery this week? Anyone planning on stealing? What about lying? What about coveting something that your neighbor has? What about this one? Remembering the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Do you see what God did there? Do you see what's happened? Anybody know what that list is? It's a cute little list of 10 things that God kind of give his people to help direct them to himself, not to save them, not to rescue them, but the, like the Ten Commandments, the law was never intended to rescue and save, but it was intended to show that they couldn't do it themselves and that they needed God, that we're insufficient, that we can't on our own, that we can't do it. And so, but do you see what God did here? God's top 10 list. I mean, do you see how serious he is in that list? The things that he says, the things that he points out, hey, don't kill somebody. Don't take somebody else's wife and go, uh, go have an affair with. Uh, don't lie. Don't use my name in vain. 
I mean, do you see that list? Oh yeah, by the way, don't forget to rest. Did you feel the weight of that? See, what God's doing with that list is he's putting into place a, a, a better way. A new way. A way that leads to joy and fullness of life. That's what he's doing. A way to, to direct his people, what, to himself. He's showing his people how it's supposed to be. Why? Because they lived in a world that they saw this all the time. Over and over and over, did they not? And, and we live in a world that sees it all the time too, do we not? And we can tell story after story after story, and usually never our story, but everybody else's story because we're really good at picking out the faults in everybody else. But we see it all the time in this rat race called life. We see it over and over and over. And the commandments are not a killjoy, but they're a, a way of being and living that points back to the way things God originally intended for things to be. And on that list, he puts rest. And we're going to talk about here in a minute what that rest is, what that means, what that looks like. But in Exodus 28, I just want you to hear it. Hear God's heart. Listen, listen to what he says. Exodus 28 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it shall... Uh, not do any work, you or your sons, your daughters, your male servants, your female servants, your livestock, your sojourners who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. <coughs> so what we know about the commandments is this. Is that God's just shown us the difference between man's kingdom and God's kingdom. Uh, man's way and God's way. Is it, there's production in man's system. That's a must. You've got to. That's where you found value. That's where you find worth. You've got to be overworked. You've got to be taken advantage of. You've got, you've got to do all of those stuff. You've got to set yourself short. You've got to keep, keep going until, until you can't go anymore. And that's where you'll find your worth, your value. That's where you'll find your source of sustenance. All of those things. But what God does is he comes on the scene and he says, no, no, the Sabbath is to set limits for production and consumption. It's to give rest to everyone especially those who may be taken advantage of. Is that not God's heart? I mean, how quickly and easily uh, uh, we, can, uh, we can oppress or how quickly and easily we can buy into the love. <coughs> and God says, no, my heart is for nobody to be used and abused, but for people to be valued by something that really matters and something that really counts. And so this is the rub. The rub is this, is that the heart of man it's to get ahead and to be driven by success and financial plenty. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to be successful. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to make a ton of money. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to do that stuff. As long as that stuff is not our driving force and the, and the reason behind why we do that is because we find value or because we find worth or because we want to spend it on ourselves or we want to enjoy ourselves more. I, I say we need to do that for the sole purpose of bringing glory and honor to God. <coughs> In understanding that it's not ours. In understanding that it's God who has gifted us, who has blessed us, who has allowed us. And we give back to God in worship. I mean, man, church, is it not easy to find your value or worth in life by working, by spending time? I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people that I've talked about. Well, I've worked 60 hours this week. And that was fun. And that, like, like I saw somebody yesterday that I knew 
and then talking to him, and, and he flips houses on the side a little bit. He, he builds some houses on the side a little bit. He, uh, uh, he coaches some. Uh, he uh, teaches lessons some. He, um, he's got a family and some kids, and, uh, and he's, uh, he does some counseling. And, he's, and I'm just like, good gosh. How in the world do you do that? But is that not the pressure of our world? It causes us that we've got to produce, 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 produce. Got to get done constantly, constantly feel exhausted. That's a good thing. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, we shouldn't crawl into bed tired at night. Because I think that we should. But because we've, we've worked hard and we've done, done a good job at what we've been called to do. And we've spent ourselves. Yes, I want, to, I want to go to bed every night. Slap war out. But it's because I'm doing the right things, the things that I'm supposed to be doing and honoring God and doing what he's called me to do and be. But what we see here is God say, rest, breathe, enjoy his presence. That's the Sabbath. Listen to this. The Sabbath is such a big deal to God that in Exodus 35, 2, you have Israel here and they're about to embark on the work of building the tabernacle. And so Moses gathered all the people together and he says this, listen to what God tells Moses to tell his people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day shall be your holy day, a day of Sabbath rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it is to be put to death. How did John Boy die? Mm, awful thing. Seventh day he was out there working in the field. I mean, is that not crazy? But what does that do? It shows the heart of God, does it not? Does it not show God's heart, God's desire for his people? See, keeping the Sabbath was a sign for the people of Israel, but it also holds a symbolic significance to all who were in covenant relationship with the Lord. Man, I find my source of strength from him. I find my supply from him. I find my, uh, my continuing from him. I find my, my rest and rejuvenation from him. And it also puts a little bit of pressure on God to supply and do everything that he's promised that he would do, does it not? And it reminds us, like we put pressure on God. It's his heart not to bless his people in obedience. And so it reminds us of his goodness and his faithfulness. So, so what about today? So all that's Old Testament stuff. What, what, what about today? What, what, what does this mean? What, uh, what, 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 what about today? What about God's people today? And so for us as New Testament believers, after the death and ascension of Jesus, we're New Testament believers, we're under a new covenant. And so we're no longer required to keep the Sabbath as a legalistic day with, with rules about no work. But there is that principle of prioritizing a time of worship and honoring God. It's, it's still a must. It's still the desire of God's heart for us. And so what do we do? We give preeminence to God. We acknowledge to ourselves and to others that he is Lord over our work and our time and our lives. And so we set aside time to Sabbath. We set aside time to rest. And so for us in Christ, we don't have to wait a day. We don't, we've been invited in to cease from the rat race of the craziness of this world. And to find rest and to be replenished in him. So we don't have to wait to a certain day. Man, I can Sabbath anytime. Why? Because I've got access to the throne any day of the week. Any time of the week when life is, and that's what prayer is. That's what relationship is. That's what walking with the Lord does. It provides rest. We just sang about it. My, uh, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. His way of rule and expectation, it's easy. The burden that he presses upon us is light. 
Because he's went before us and he's shown us and he's lived for us and he's done for us what that means and looks like. And he invites us in. And all you who are weary, where is rest found? It's found in Christ. So I don't have to wait to a certain day of the week. I, I don't have to just, just stop like that and not be fearful of that. No, I can press in any time. I mean, I can Sabbath with good friends over a meal, eating and fellowshipping together and reflecting on all that God has done and who he is and what he's accomplished. I can Sabbath on a golf course with some buddies. That's very, very difficult sometimes. But I can enjoy nature while doing that. A lot of wood walking, hunting for, and being reminded of how faithful good and good God is as he found me and he allows me to find that ball. Man, I mean, I mean there, are, there are tons of ways to disconnect for a little bit and spend time with him and rest in who he is and what he has done and accomplished for us. Man, I don't know about you, but for me sometimes when we're in here singing and, and, and I don't care what song we sing, man, if it's a song that points us to the Lord, Man, I can get lost in that for a moment and be reminded of his goodness and faithfulness. Man, as we're singing this morning, that whole thought, man, God saved me. Why in the heck would he save me? Why would he give his son for me? Man, getting lost in that for a moment. So God is loving and he's kind and it shows as he helps us see what we are in desperate need of as it pertains to resting in him. And I know the Sabbath, I know rest will look different for everybody, but it's core, it's, it's a time set apart from toil. It's devoted to replenishing our bodies, our souls, all the while increasing our delight in the Lord. That's what it's about. You will never grow in a relationship with the Lord if you don't spend time with Him. If you don't unplug from the rat race known as life. You will never grow and mature and be able to enjoy Him. And like I said, I mean, there can be a ton of things. That can be a walk outdoors. It can be meditation on Scripture. It can be gathering with friends. But, but our Sabbath rest is an individual gift from God to spend time with Him in His presence. I mean, come, come, all who are weary, heavy laden, burdened, and find your rest in me. Church, that's what the Sabbath is. And I know our culture wants to tell us otherwise, and I don't need to, and it's looked at as weak. You mean to tell me you're not working 70 hours a week? You mean you, you had how many days off this week? Or you didn't accomplish what this week? Or you didn't, you mean you haven't been to Disney seven times since the pandemic hit? Your dog don't smile in pictures like mine does? Your kids act like What? All of that is just a, just a, a mirage and a distraction from. And, we've, and, and I'm a social, I'm, like I'm not an anti-social media guy. I'm just a guy that knows that, I mean, that we need to disconnect. And, and hear me, the only person that I'm preaching to here this, this morning is the guy standing up here. And that's my wife. She'll tell you. Yeah, he, he, he struggles disconnecting. He struggles being present. He, he, he struggles with that, yeah. He does. I mean, it's just, 
we've got to. So, so my question for you is, as we wind down as we close, oh, it's almost 11, sucker. Um, don't look, that's from last week. You have to go back and look online. Which really, that means nothing. Me winding down, I mean, that I haven't caught y'all up yet. So we're, and usually when I do, there's another 20 minutes. But anyways, welcome visitors. We are happy you're here. But, but what about you? No, honestly, what about, let's, let's talk about you for a minute. What about you? Because I'm going to get to me here in just a second. But, but what about you? What, what is God asking you to do? How to rest in his presence? What, what would that look like this week for you? To take a Sabbath. To unplug and be reminded of all that he's done. Of how much you need him. Of how good and faithful he is. I mean, what would God ask you to do this week? Just to, just to, just to take a breather. Man, and be rejuvenated in him. Refreshed in him. What would that look like? And what would that mean? Does that cause you to shake a little bit? Does that cause you to give anxiety? I don't know about you, but I know for me, like sometimes when I forget my phone somewhere, oh my gosh, is it miserable. Why? Because there's not something buzzing, there's not something dinging, there's not something ringing. I don't have a chance to look at something that I really don't need to look at. I don't have a chance to respond back to something I really don't need to respond back to. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Can I borrow yours for a second? I mean, it won't be too long distance. Hey, can I change your password for Facebook? I just need to check something. I need to update something real quick. Look, my dog's smiling. I mean, I mean, honestly, good. I mean, is there not times like I can, like I can feel it? Like there's times my, my phone's not in my pocket, but I feel my, my phone vibrate in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's not there. I mean, is that not crazy? These fan, the phantom thing, what it's done to us? And the thing I love about God is, is like, hey, I didn't create it to be like that. I, I, I never intended for it to be like that. And remember the list I just read you? That's not Scott's list of top tens. That's God's list. And God gets so serious as to say, if my people don't stop, I'm going to kill them. If my people won't listen and take a breather and rest and remember. And then what does he do instead? He kills his son. So that he can make a way and he can show us all the more. This is how serious I am about it. This is how much I love you and I value you. And I want you to rest. I need you to rest. I, I need you to remember. So how are you going to respond this week? What are you going to do different? How are you going to be intentional about making time to be with God in his presence? Even taking a day to do it. Man, what would that look like? What would that mean? What would that be like? Would you know what to say? Would you know what to do with him? It's enough about you, now about me, right? About me. What, what, what about me? It's got this cue that you can stand up and say that, and you can talk like that, and you can kind of press us there, and you can do some of that stuff, but, but, but Scott, what about you? And, and so I just want to just spend a moment, and i just, just be very, very personal here for just a minute. And just kind of pull back the curtain and be a little, little bit vulnerable for just, just, like I said, just a second. Just to kind of share uh, where I'm at. Because probably like many of you in this room, and I'm exhausted. I'm tired too. Life is crazy. Uh, for me, I am 37 and I've been in ministry since 22. Going wide open. I've been in South Carolina for 14 years at, at churches, a student pastor. At, I've been a pastor here for three years. Was associate in youth here for, uh, for um, uh, seven, four years. Almost five and so I understand it. I'm with you. I mean, I, mean, I, I sat in a meeting this week uh, with 12 other pastors who sat there and shared, man, if, if you knew what the pandemic had done to them. I, I mean, grown men pastors 
have all the seminary education, have the love for the Lord, doing all this. They sat there and some of them cried at what they've been through over the last year and a half. Any decision they make is, is picked apart like crazy. Well, you should have done this, and so they didn't do this, so people left. Well, they did this, but you shouldn't have done that, so then people left. Uh, one poor guy sat there and shared. He's like, I don't know what to do. And we just loved each other, and we just shared our hearts and shared our stories and the faithfulness and goodness of God we were reminded about, and we prayed for one another. But man, the toll that this life takes, and to see that and to experience that, and so for me, what I always try like to do, I like to try to share my life a little bit. I try to like to, to open up and, and share and, and, and let you know that, that, that I'm, just, I'm just a normal guy trying to follow Jesus like everyone else is. And for whatever reason, he has put me over his church, his people, to shepherd and lead. And sometimes I do decent, but a lot of the times, man, I, I don't have a clue. Thank you for not amening. And how crazy it is. I mean, it's just, I don't know why he would do that. And I've asked him many a time, are you sure? And every time I get away, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm God, I know what I'm doing. You don't, but I know what I'm doing. So just listen and follow me. Stay plugged in and follow me. And so for me, one of the things I've always just kind of trying to share my limitations, areas in my life where I'm, I'm weak and I'm vulnerable. And to, and, and to be honest, man, over the last three years of my life in ministry has been the most challenging for me and my family. The most exhausting for, for me and my family as I transition into the lead pastor of this place. And then as we uh, go into a pandemic, what in the heck is that? And to try to navigate through, to try to figure out through. And then not to mention in the middle of that, I mean, I get to be, I'm, 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 a, I'm a lead pastor now. I'm that guy. And I don't, I don't have a clue how to be a lead pastor. But I know somebody that does. And that's where I try to find my source. That's where I try to find my strength. That's where I try to, all of that. And so, so what I'm saying is this is, is I know my limitations. I know the need of Sabbath. I know the need of rest. And I struggle with that. I struggle with that. So, so what, what did I do? About two months ago, I sat down with our trustees. I did the same thing. I said, guys, look, I'm just wore out. I don't have a clue. I am exhausted. Spiritually, emotionally, I mean, I am just exhausted. And I said, I just want to ask you to be praying about something. And I said, what's that, Scott? I said, I, I want to ask you if you'd pray about me taking a sabbatical. And the thing I love is they looked at me and they said, do it. Well, what does that mean? But do it. And so I shared with them what a sabbatical was. A sabbatical is just a time to kind of just unplug and step away and be refreshed. I said, well, don't y'all need to pray? Dude, if, if you feel like this is what the Lord is leading you in and you're exhausted and you're at that place, we don't want you to burn out. We don't want you to go crazy. We, we don't want that. And we want you to be at a place where you're full, where you can lead out in abundance. We want you, all of those things. Man, that's their heart. And they said, you do what you need to do. And so they have graciously agreed for me to take some time to step away for five weeks. For five weeks, I won't be preaching. I won't be leading here. I, won't, I just get to unplug. And so what I'm going to do in those five weeks is this, and I'm excited about this. I'm going to go spend some time with my mentor. I've got my best friend from college that's at a church up in Virginia. My hopes is to get up there for a couple of nights. My hopes is to be a dad that just brings his kids to the summer camp and drops them off and gets to leave. And I ain't coming, boys, they're not in here. I ain't coming back at no three o'clock and picking them up either. 
if I could do that. There's a church out in Texas that I'm in contact with well, so I can go learn and so I can go, go grow so they can pour into me. Somebody that I listen to on, on podcasts and preaching a lot, they, they've said, come on out. We would love to answer questions and walk with you and love on you through that time. I mean, I'm going to just take time. And me and Boothang, Boothang's sitting right over there. Me and Boothang will get away for a couple nights. No kids. That's vacation. And we're just going to enjoy our time together and being away. We're going to enjoy time with family. And I'm going to read just for the heck of reading. I'm going to just pray like I've never prayed before. I'm, I'm going to, all, I want to be rejuvenated. I want to come back. And I know like when I go on vacation, I come back, Scott's like amped up. Like I want to be 10 times that. Like you want to be able to stand me for like two weeks. And I know it's hard for you some right now, but hey, just hang in there. But, but no, that, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. That, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to do that and just press in and pray. And what I do want to say, and, and I want, if you haven't heard anything else, I need you right here for a second. This is what I do want to say. God has not called Scott Miller to go anywhere else. So just get that out. And if somebody dares say that, you shoot them down and tell them to shut up. I know we shouldn't tell them to shut up, kids. That's not good. No, heck no. Now, let me tell you my desire and what God's put on my heart for this place. My heart and my desire and what God's placed in me is to, to be the guy that retires here. And I know somebody like, oh, shucks. No, I'm joking. That's my heart and that's my desire. I mean, you're my people. This is my home. I mean, I have loved journeying with you as difficult as it's been and as great as it's been and everything in between. I have loved it and I have no desire. I mean, I can't, did you not hear what God did this week? I mean, I can't, I can't wait to see what he's got in store for us in the future. I'm just going to go get, get charged up a little bit. I mean, after 14 years of going and burning a candle at both ends, I mean, the leadership of this church has been gracious enough to say, no, you go. You get recharged. You get replenished. You go. And you press into the Lord and you just let him fill you. There's going to be days that I just get away and I just take nothing but my Bible. No phone, no nothing. And I just read. That scares me to death and excites me all at the same time. Man, to just be able to spend time with the Lord like that. Not having to worry about a phone call, not having to worry about text, no having to put this fire out to do this, to do that. No, none of that. And I get to go and I get to be and I get to press into the Lord and I get to Sabbath for five weeks like that. And so I want to call the band back up. And we're just going to have a time where we can just pray and we just ask God what he wants to do in us as a result of his word. Again, and I just want to say thank you so much. I cannot wait to get back to tell you all that God's done in me. All that God's put in my heart. And so I also want to say this to kind of follow up as they come, is that I need you to pray. Two, two things. I need you, one, to pray for me because you know how crazy and antsy that's going to be for me? Like, I'm a doer. Like, it's hard for me just to sit still. You, you know this. And so I need you to pray for me that, that I will hear from the Lord, that I will rest, that I will get rejuvenated, that I will allow him to do the work on my heart that he needs to do. And then I also need you to pray because there's some stuff that he's put in there already that, that I've even asked the trustees to be praying about, to be thinking about for us down the road, what God could be doing, what he could be kind of stirring all the more in this place for us to do and to be about. Because so I need you to pray. They're praying. I need you to pray. And so I get to kind of just unplug for a little bit and get to do that and pray and press in all the more and say, okay, God, is, is this really where you want us to go? Is this really what you want us to do? 
We get to pray and seek and ask him to move and reveal. So I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray about what God's going to do in the future here. What he's going to use us to accomplish in his world for his glory, for his kingdom, to take the gospel to the nations. And that's what I need you to pray about. And I'm excited to be a part of his kingdom, his family. And to be at a church that loves enough to say, you go and you rest. You get filled up. And you come back ready to go. And so I hope God's just stirred you this morning in some ways to just take some steps to move toward him and rest. And I know you may not have the opportunity to take weeks off like that. But man, a day, a weekend, a week, whatever that looks like for you, would you ask him what he wants to do and accomplish in you because what I know he wants to do in me is to remind me of his goodness and faithfulness to remind me of where my source of strength comes from to remind me from where where, where I can exist and I, my existence comes from is through him I mean if I'm ever going to lead anybody I've got to be plugged into him fully and it goes for the rest of us in this room same thing so please ask God what he wants to do in you and be praying for what he's going to do in me and you'll see in the bulletin there, if, if you need anybody at any time, there's a list of trustees for the week that's going to kind of cover that week if something comes up and you need something. Austin's number's in there too. He's, he's here. If you, need, if you need somebody, you need something. If there's something major, they'll get a hold of me and let me know, and I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do there. Oh, man, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in me and through us. So let's pray. Father, we love you, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you. God, I just thank you for your love and your mercy and the grace of the people in this place. God, I'm excited. And I just pray you move and speak. And God, I pray the things that you put on my heart, that you would just kind of reveal this time away of getting to just pray and seek you in it all the more, Father, that you would show me and help me and lead there. God, I just want to hear your voice. I want to follow after you. But I thank you. I praise you. And we pray. Amen. You stand. You respond as God puts on your heart. They're going to lead us.